0: All right, everyone, welcome to the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast with Andrew Drozdak and Thomas Bowen. This is a podcast for slightly above average football fans, slightly below average football fans that want to learn more about the game. And if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here and we hope you enjoy it. All right, everybody, here we are for episode 13, lucky number 13 of season three of the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast. And I am super excited. Because I have a special co-host tonight. He is one of my best friends, one of my former high school teammates and fellow offensive linemen. He shares a great first name with me, Andrew Fisher. Ha. Fish, how are you doing, bud?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good, Draws. How are you doing, I'm buddy? I'm doing
0: good, man. It's glad to have you here. So for anybody who doesn't know us, Andrew and I have known each other for a very, very long time, probably since kindergarten, I think, and uh, played football together in middle school and high school. So we have talked football for a very long time together, uh, played it together for a while. So this is a pretty cool thing for us to get a chance to do this together.
1: All right. I'm excited. Me too,
0: man. All right, Fish, I don't know if you've ever heard of Better's Edge.
1: Oh, it's the greatest. That
0: is. Betters Edge is the premier no-fee social betting marketplace. It allows bettors to choose their own prices and lines and sport betting positions in 45 different states, most importantly in South Carolina. These lines are usually better than you can get anywhere else. And because you're a listener of our show, if you use the promo code AVERAGE when you sign up, you get $20 for free in your wallet. So, just for listening to our show, the Slightly Above Average Football Fan Podcast, if you visit com slash average, you're going to get 20 bucks for free that you can put a little action on the game this weekend if that's
1: your thing. So, Fish, with all that being
0: taken care of, uh, we're going to talk about... By the
1: way, everybody, real quick, Drozdak, he memorized all of that. He didn't read any of it. That's right. It's... It's amazing. I'm proud of you both.
0: Thank you. It took me a long time. My reading comprehension has really moved up since we were in school together. (laughs) I'm I'm really proud of myself. Um, (laughs) All right, so we're going to start off, uh, as we always do, uh, talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks. We'll move into the Clemson Tigers, and then we'll take a look around college football. Um, And so we always start off with looking at last week's South Carolina game. And, Fisher, you happen to be in Nashville. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I was there, man. And, uh, well, you know, the first thing is I I actually looked it up and that stadium seats, 40,000 people Strong, and it says that the attendance was 28. It definitely was not. Um, I'm guessing maybe 15, maybe 20,000 people. And it felt like two to one South Carolina to bandy fans. Um, now if anybody ever gets a chance, definitely go to Nashville, go to a game there. It's a great stadium. It's a great vibe. It's more like going to like a PGA tour event rather than a college football game. It was almost surreal. Um, but we got to sit, I I, I took my daughter, um, shout out to in. We went and, uh, we sat on the 50 yard line four rows from the top. We were the only people, even remotely near where we were um really good carolina atmosphere best moment of the night was when the rumbling started that clemson had lost oh yeah because we were like in a timeout and you could just hear people cheering randomly and it was and everybody just knew and it was amazing so that's great uh atmosphere wise you know that that's all i can say about vandy Uh, But you should definitely, definitely. So
0: interestingly enough, I was uh, several years ago, I went uh, to Nashville as well for a a Vandy game with my dad. It was during the Spurrier era. And what was hilarious is that Friday night we were at a a restaurant, a grill, you know, a sports bar, something like that. I'm wearing a Gamecock shirt. And this guy who's about my age, you know, at that time I would have been in my early 20s. And he was like, "What, what, what you got the Gamecock shirt on for? And I was like, um we're we're playing Vanderbilt this weekend in football. And the guy clearly went to Vanderbilt, turned around to his group of friends and was like, hey, man, we're playing South Carolina this weekend. And I was like, <laughs> that is amazing.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, they don't... It, it's, it, it's really weird because like... So they have something called the Star Walk, which is essentially the same thing as the Gamecock sure. Walk, except like, you know, we're there, we're in our Gamecock gear and everything. And there's like... I don't know. Fifty people lined oh, up for this thing, sad. and so it's like everything that we do, just smaller, right? Um, but right. it's it's kind of adorable. <laughs> like the people who are there, they Sweet. love it, you yeah. know. And and I mean, I got nothing bad to say about Vandy. Everybody loves Vandy, mm-hmm. you know. They're the reason why our g our our collective conference GPA stays where it is, Absolutely. and so we're proud of them. They're trying really hard. I'm, I'm proud of him. Yeah. Good, that, good for them.
0: They, and what's crazy is, even when they've been good, I mean, the Jay Cutler years, uh, James mm-hmm. Franklin, when he was the head coach, they had game day sure. There. sure. Like, you know, like, yeah. it, they just still don't really care.
1: Nope. Yeah. nope not a bit. They, no. they Look, they're studying to do, buddy. All right. Yeah.
0: yeah. And for anybody yeah. else who's in yeah. Nashville, they're trying to, you know, become a country music star. So those are the two things you go to Nashville for.
1: That's true. Yeah, you got to put on cowboy boots that will never see dirt. That's correct. So Ever. it's um it, that was the most depressing thing going down Music Row, and I'm like, you've never been on a farm. You've never been on a farm. You've never been on a farm. <laughs> oh, Fantastic. That's lovely. That is lovely. <laughs> so what what
0: were your impressions of just the game itself, South Carolina? What do you think yeah. as you watch this play? Uh, you know, obviously we're here to talk more about South Carolina than Vanderbilt, but what did you see sure. uh, out of the Gamecock football team?
1: Um, well, I mean, as you know, I am the eternal pessimist when it comes to Carolina football. I think Accurate. I think most of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we all are. Um, the first thing I noticed, first half, we were getting murderized on the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, our defensive line were just, they were catching offensive linemen. Yep. There was no swim. There was no rip. There was no nothing. They were just there. They were standing straight up there was no push from our offensive line to speak of um it was a lack of physicality uh, well not even phys- physicality i would say aggressiveness yeah. there was an there was a lack of aggressiveness that that i did not expect mm-hmm. yeah um, i would agree so with that, you so that i mean that 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 was the first thing i noticed
0: yeah i i would agree with you uh offensively uh, on the positive side, um, I did like the creativity I saw, uh, some pre-snap mm-hmm. stuff, some you know reverse actions, orbit motions, things like mm-hmm. that, giving them some window dressing they haven't seen a whole lot of. And right. as an offensive line, and Fisher, you and I played that together, you know as well yep. as I do, a misdirection that the defense bites on is an offensive lineman's mm-hmm. best friend because if a, if the guy oh, you're trying yeah. to block takes a full on wrong step in the wrong direction, you're going to win. Like mm-hmm. you're in great
1: shape. You got it. You don't have to do anything. And, and, I mean, you literally just have to kind of stand in there and push right, them. Exactly. Right?
0: So if you've, if you've got them biting on a reverse or biting on a counter to the place, to the backside of it'll become the play side, then that's, that's huge. And, and sure. we, that was helpful, but I agree with you. There was no push. And, particularly, I would say, in the defense. I You said it yeah. perfectly, a lot of catching, not only of offensive linemen, mm-hmm. but of ball carriers. Like, we didn't strike right. anybody. We just kind of went, oh, okay, here he comes. I'm going to hug him to the ground, or I'm going to try and That's drag exactly him. Right. And that was really, I mean, quite honestly, just depressing to see from a defensive line area that has a lot of highly recruited players on it.
1: Yeah, they play. It's almost like they play small. I mean, I know Jordan Birch is what like 6'5", or five something like six four three or five something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's about right. And, and I mean, and 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 nothing against him or anything like that. I mean, he's a he's a he's a heck of a player. But they all seem to just play small. I mean, even when you're you know if you really just focus in on the lines, it doesn't really matter what offensive line they're up against. They just look they look small. Yeah. And I don't understand, I don't understand how we're scheming that because I think we're quicker than we are strong, Mm -hmm. but it feels like we're trying to scheme as if we're strong.
0: Yeah, I I would,
1: yeah, I I mean, you know,
0: that's a, that's, I I agree with that. I've seen that. The other thing that's concerning is, I mean, and I know disrespect to anybody and you know better than probably anybody listening to this. I'm not a particularly fast person. By by athletic ability, and uh, this
1: is true. So, yeah.
0: but I say that to say our offensive, our excuse me, our linebackers are not very
1: fast. Yeah, they're not. I, they're not fast side to side right. for sure. But also it's almost like a hesitation. Right. Let's put it this way. I mean, I'm, I'm really high on Stone Blant do like him. I think he's, gonna, I, I think he's going to be a great, I, well, he may not be a great player, but I think he's going to be a good player. He just looks like a linebacker. Yeah. He just, just the way he plays, but it is troubling when you've got, you know, old man green and old man Johnson and they're not filling gaps any faster than he is, and he's a daggum true freshman. That's, so, like, what's happening here? Not only are we not quick side, it I think it's a quickness thing more than it is a, a speed care. thing. We're we're not quick side to side, but we're also not quick to fill holes. And 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 that's why I mean our run defense is whew, it's yeah. it's not great, buddy. Yeah,
0: it's a struggle. It's a struggle to switch back to offense for just a second. You know, I will say, I yep. thought Spencer Radler played one of his better games, if not maybe his best game of the year.
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> relatively speaking, relatively speaking. <laughs> I mean, I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think you're right. I I can't figure that kid out. Yeah. I honestly can't figure him out. You know, when he threw that pass to, to Van, that touchdown to Van, mm-hmm. um, when he, when he rolled out, when he scrambled, I mean, it was a, one of the few times where he probably did need to scramble the pocket broke down and he's rolling out and I, you can see he's going to throw that ball. And the first thing out of my mouth was please don't. And then he threw it and then it was a touchdown and everybody lost their minds because it was an amazing catch. It was an amazing throw it was, it was one of those things, but I almost feel like he and, and, and our team, uh, in general, we kind of have the, the Fergie problem, right? You've heard of the Fergie problem where, you know, it's somebody who looks really good from far away. And then the closer, the closer you inspect it, it's like, "Mm, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot. It's not, it wasn't, it's not, it's not at a hundred yards what it looks like at 20 yards. I got you. And so, if you go back and you look at that play, I mean, he threw into double coverage. The only reason why that wasn't a pick in the end zone is because the guy who happened to be in front of Van apparently was 4'11". <laughs> yeah, It wasn't yeah. even a timing thing. It was the smallest DB I've ever seen. Right. And so, you know, I look at that and, you know, just looking at it analytically going forward and everything like that, like that's one of those throws where if we're playing Tennessee. If we're playing Georgia, for we're playing anybody who's any good at all, that's a pick and that's a problem. I, yeah, I
0: would agree. Uh, you know, and and that was the thing where the commentators uh, were saying things like, "I mean, he put that ball where no one else can get it." And in my brain, I was kind of saying, "I'm just not sure that was intentional." Um, like, I just think right. that's how
1: the ball came out. And and that's exactly right. You know,
0: yeah, uh, let's you know, not give him too much credit. And you know. Ultimately, we know Vanderbilt's not very good at defense and our offense right. for that matter, or football in general, I guess is the best way to say that. And so, you know, it, we can't get too. They're really good at calculus. Great at calculus, physics. Great at calculus. That. Yes, stuff like that. Um, I will say uh, one other thing from the offense, two other things, really. Uh, Jaheim Bell looked comfortable yep. as a running back. I'm not opposed to putting him back in that position, um, especially with Lloyd being banged up still. And yeah, Xavier Leggett is is really coming on to to be a player out man. of nowhere, and and yeah, that was a great post route he ran.
1: You know, honestly, I mean, he had a gr- he he honestly just really had a great game, and he was not only not only did he play well, but the way that he played well was so effective in 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 our in our winning effort. Right. I mean, that, that was the you know, and and I gotta say, earlier in the season, I think it was. Maybe it was the Arkansas game when Rattler, of course, threw his requisite two picks. Correct. But both of them were to Leggett, and both of them, like, I don't know if he thought he was playing beach volleyball and, like, you have to tap it up before right. somebody can do something with the ball. Right. And I was like, I don't know if this kid's got the juice. And he really, really surprised me, and I love that.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah, he's coming around, man. I'm happy about that. Speaking yeah. Speaking of a guy making big plays of late, and he's been doing it for several weeks now – I like to call this the Tonka Hemingway report. That guy yeah. shows up in moments when we need him and he does mm-hmm. what linemen dream of doing like that catch. I touches I thought that sucker was going to score for a minute. I was like, go Tonka get you a touchdown, <laughs> dude. And I just love watching him play. I just love watching him play. And he makes big plays on defense too. It's not just the, you know, yeah, sure. Sure. The random but that's catch. what I'm
1: saying. Like, I mean, He's got tons of, you know, um, you know, fumble recoveries. And he's I mean, he's always, he always just seems to, you know, there's some players that just seem to have a knack to be where the ball is. And, you know, you can call it luck. You can call it positioning, you can call it whatever. But some players just seem to be better at finding the football. Mm-hmm. And he, he just seems to be one of those players because he, anytime the ball is on the ground, by God, there's Tonka. He's, okay. he's, if he's not on it, Touching it, know. you know.
0: And he comes up in those plays, not only is he around the ball, but he's around the ball in the best possible time when we need it to exactly. happen. Um So
1: exactly,
0: as we get into the South Carolina game this week, they'll be traveling down to Gainesville. Uh, this is a 4 mm-hmm. o'clock game on the SEC Network. Florida is uh, an 8-point favorite. Uh, that line has held mm-hmm. steady at 8 uh, all week. And the over-under on this game is 59. That feels about right. Uh, I would take the yeah. under. I would take the under. Really? Uh, I just – here's the thing. I don't trust Marcus Satterfield. Um, he tends to have a game where I'm like, huh. That's fair. He, uh, he, tends, to, don't he tends to have a game where you're like, huh, okay. He he kind of has it. And,
1: by, and by, <laughs> by a game, do you mean – all the games
0: well no 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 i'm good as i was gonna give him a compliment there there's an occasion time where i'm like oh okay i'm like oh okay he's being creative he's he's doing things that you know Mm -hmm. make sense like the vanderbilt game he was doing things that Mm -hmm. were creative uh kentucky he had some creative moments of course the unc game back last year and and you know right and so i'm like oh okay and then the very next week he will automatically go back to Outside zone, outside zone, deep throw, punt. And that's what I'm afraid of in Gainesville.
1: And I wanted to ask you about that, if you don't don't mind. Um, So what are your thoughts? Because what it always feels like to me is that when he gets creative, it's almost like his hand gets forced. So like Vanderbilt. Marshawn Lloyd are literally our best player hands down is out and what does he do it's like he finds pages in his playbook that he forgot about right. same thing in the bowl game last year right yeah. I mean you know Dax got to go out there and play and what do we do we just light it up right. I mean it's amazing what what is it that's stopping that from happening when we're sort of full force, so to speak? So
0: Marcus reminds me, uh, a guy I, uh, I'm good friends with got really into playing Texas Hold'em when we were in college. And he read all okay. of these books about like probabilities and what you should do and strategy, right? Well, then mm-hmm. he would go play actual poker and guys would not do what the book said was going to happen. And he would get mad and be like, that's not what you should do with that hand. But that is what Mm -hmm. I did with that hand. So that's Mm -hmm. Marcus Satterfield to me is he looks at his playbook and he goes, this is what should work. If I look at the film and I study the film and I look at their tendencies, this is what they should do. It's almost like he doesn't anticipate, Hey, they're looking at our film and they're adjusting as well. Like it's not just, You know, when you're a coach and you're pre-gaming and you're getting ready for a team, you're you're looking at that previous game and, or two or three games even, and you're looking at tendencies. Oh, they like to run, you know, three, three deep man coverage in this situation and yada, yada. But they also know you're watching that film. So they're going to try right. and, and correct themselves. So it's almost like he gets out of the this is what should happen mindset. And he's like, well, uh-huh. I, I don't have one of my major tools. I don't have my best running back. I don't have a, a quarterback. Right. So I'm going to have to be a little more reactionary and almost be more in the game in a way. Like Steve Spurrier, mm-hmm. what made Spurrier b- great, my favorite quote, and I think it was Joe Lee Dunn who said it, was he can take his team and beat yours and take your team and beat his. Like in a game, mm-hmm. he he's gonna adjust on the fly. You know, when he was on, yeah, when yeah, he yeah. was at his best, the Georgia game. I guess it was 2012 where we smoked him, He knew I, it mm-hmm. was like he knew what was coming, and and you know,
1: he's, very, he's very playing chess, and everybody else is playing checkers,
0: right? And and Marcus yeah. Satterfield's playing like tidly wings. Like I don't know what's happening, <laughs>
1: like. It's,
0: you know, so it's, he's playing connect four or something like, uh, it's
1: so no, no, he he just turned over the whole board and just said, I'm not, yeah, I'm done. Uh, so,
0: but you're right. I agree with you. Like when we're, when we're a wounded animal, so to speak, he seems to do his best coaching. Like it's. Strange.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's like the only time he's an effective offensive coordinator by any reasonable standard is whenever he's down a man right. or five. Yeah, exactly. You know? So just and that, be I creative all the time. Exactly.
0: Be that creative all the time. Do that when you have all your tools. Like yeah. that, that makes even more sense, Marcus. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, and we know Beamer loves him and, you right. know, I, I want to like him. He seems like a good guy. Seems like the players like him. You know, everything, all, everything adds up until we get on the field. And then it's like, if we're full strength, what are we going to do? We're going to run Juju McDowell, all five, ten, 10, 135 right. pounds of him up the that's middle right. eight times in the game. That's right.
0: Cool. That, yeah. So that's a good plan. So when we talk about the offense going into Florida, I mean, you know, as far as what I want to see, like we just hit on it there for several minutes, continue to be creative, continue to be innovative, continue to give them a window dressing that they haven't seen yet. It's, you know, and I I quote this all the time, Fish, Coach Davis told me this when we were in school, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. really what you want to do is find about six plays you're good at and run it out of every single formation you got and make it look different. But for everybody on our team, it's the same. If we ran thirty six, yeah,
1: that's exactly. If right. we
0: ran thirty six counter trap, I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. and it didn't yep. matter what everybody else where we were lined up, and for you know who's going in motion. We're we're going to run thirty six counter trap, and everybody knew that, and, that and and that is what he's got to do is be creative, make it simple for his players, but complex for everybody else. I'd like to see Bell yeah. continue to be in the backfield. Some, um, I, I think. He,
1: he, yeah, but you gotta get him in space. The yeah. one thing I noticed about him, like I'm with you. I like him back there in, in you know, in, in the running back slot. I mean, he, yeah, you know, he's just one of those players you can literally put him anywhere. He could probably play left tackle. Um Listen, not if I not can play well, left, but he could probably if, do it. <laughs> if
0: I can play left tackle, anybody can play left tackle, man.
1: <laughs> no, you were good, buddy. You did your best. I appreciate I it. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, but like one of the things, though, is I think because he's so effective in space. Yes. Because of the way that Satterfield calls up most, I would say most of his running plays, you know, we've really got to figure out if it were me, I would figure out how to use them almost as a as a decoy right. most of the time in order to set up some of those interior runs, right? Like, right? like give Christian Beale Smith a dive after you fake it to Bell on a sweep or something like that, you know, because everybody knows that he's more, of, I mean, he runs upright yeah. in like, you know, and so he's not going to be effective in between the tackles to any real stretch of the imagination. So put him back there, use him in space and then use that ability as a decoy to maybe open up something in the middle.
0: Yeah, I agree. But again, I will say, yes, use him as a decoy, but you have to give it to him every once in a while because no, no, no,
1: no, no then, of course. Yeah, no, we saw that when it gets Yeah. Right. No, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you're just doing it to do it, eventually they're going to say, Hey, don't worry about him. They're not giving it to him. So like you can't, right. you can't just <laughs> right. decoy it. Um, you know, and the thing about it is I liked what we seemed to do against Vanderbilt. We set up mm-hmm. the short to intermediate passing game, started making them come mm-hmm. up, make them come up. And then right. we hit the post and then we hit the right. long route. You know, again, it's just setting up plays. And sometimes I'm like. Dude, don't skip down the play sheet. Like, you know, right. you can't go straight. It's like again, I make this reference all the time. It's like playing against a twelve-year-old on uh, Madden football. You can't just run mm-hmm. four vor- verts all game long. Like, there's got to be <laughs> right. there's got to be something setting that up. Um, I'd love to see. Right. I'd love to see. Speaking of people being in space and not running in ta- inside the tackles, Juju on just a classic God. toss sweep. Let's just toss, Let's it to toss. Let Let's toss it to him and let him run, and yeah, give him two big dudes out in
1: front of him, like, like <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Like it's all, yeah, I mean like like pull a guard and a tackle, th- give him a toss sweep and give him some space. You know, run right. it to the wide side of the field because I, you know, that I, that's been the most frustrating thing the last couple of weeks. And I know that you know you can't plan for your bell cow back to go down. You can't plan for that, but also you can't use somebody like Juju. The way you use Marshawn Lloyd, you can't run him on ISOs up the middle. He's a tiny little man and he's great. And I love him to death, but you can't do that with him. Well, what are you doing? Well, when Stop you think
0: it. with teams that are like, they have that setup of like thunder and lightning, you know, you always hear mm-hmm. that classic, right. you don't run the thunder plays with the lightning back. And you don't exactly run right. the the lightning plays with the thunderback. Like it's just you
1: can't. Un- unless your thunderback is Marshall Lloyd, in which case, yes, yeah, well can. then you can. Right. But yeah. that, you because have... he's just going to jump eight feet right. over people. Well,
0: like. and you have that rare guy who can do that. But like, sure. it's just not everybody. Yeah, no, that. I mean, that,
1: that's exactly right. And you know, especially when you're talking about size, you're playing in the SEC. I mean, yeah, Juju's probably effective against Charlotte and things like that, running a little bit more in the tackles. But you know, even a Vanderbilt team, I mean, they're still big boys. Sure, you know that. Yep. Uh, that Orgy, that linebacker Orgy, which is objectively great name. A very um, I mean, he's all over the field. He's a big man, yeah, you know. Exactly. So um, yeah.
0: So moving into the uh, Florida defense, interesting stuff here. Uh, you know, Billy Napier is the new head coach at Florida. He brought a, a good many members of his staff from Louisiana um with him to Gainesville. One of those guys is his defensive coordinator. He's a co defensive coordinator, but the play caller is Patrick Toney. And this is an interesting defense fish. And the fact that It's Mm -hmm. essentially a four-man rush. I mean, of course, like any other defense, they're going to blitz. But what they like to do is something he calls simulated pressure. So you'll have Mm -hmm. four down linemen or four what looks like traditional rushers, and one will drop, and he'll bring a linebacker. So it looks like, oh, they're bringing a blitz. There's going to be extra space here or here. But in reality, they're just rushing four. And right. that scares the bejesus out of me because Spencer gets a little panicky back there, and he, he gets a little nervous. So, so the idea of simulated pressure when he already runs from ghosts scares the crap out of me because, like,
1: yeah, that just yeah. really sometimes the ghosts are. Real. That's right,
0: and so that's going to be a problem. Uh, and then the really funny thing is they call that player who's coming on the unexpected blitz the creeper. Like best best
1: position ever. that has got to be weird at parties, you know. Like, <laughs> what position oh, you, do you play? play? What, you, what position you play? I'm the creeper. Okay, like, uh, I'm gonna leave now. Yeah, <laughs> all right then. Have a good night. Now that's got to be great. as
0: much as it's creative and as much as as it's you know effective at times. We're talking about Florida's defense is twelfth in the league against the run and eleventh against yeah. the pass. This is not a great defense. Vanderbilt is, was not great, but this isn't, honestly, even Missouri's defense. This is not no. a great defense. You should be able to move the ball. If you do the things we were talking about, be creative, put your right players yep. in the right places and give them the right opportunities, you should yep. do fairly well here. And here's the thing about Spencer, and we've, we've made some jokes here. It's obvious, and tell me to me anyway, you can tell me if you agree, he yeah. is more comfortable on the run throwing like he he he's a rollout type guy and put him in the role yeah. like roll him out
1: right yeah yeah I mean you know we're not gonna have a statue back there like he's not going to do it I mean I I don't know man I I I I know I know we're I know we're moving along I know we're moving right. along in the Florida game and everything but you know I just want I, te- Have you figured out Spencer Rattler yet? I haven't. Uh, I think what's going on. I don't even understand. I think he has problem is all
0: the talent in the world. Um, I think he has a good work ethic, but it seems to Yeah. Here's the thing. And I think it was Jack Nicholas who said this um, about golf. There's guys who Mm -hmm. have a perfect swing. There's guys Mm -hmm. who can hit it great on the range. There's guys who can hit it great mm. on the seventh hole to a great shot for a birdie. Mm. But on when it comes to 18 on the last day of the tournament mm-hmm. and it's for the lead, they just mm-hmm. can't deliver. And I'm starting to be sure. afraid that's who Spencer is. When you look at, for example, a recent quarterback in South Carolina history, Dylan Thompson. Dylan Thompson sure. threw for a whole bunch of yards and a lot of touchdowns and did a lot of good stuff. But if we were down... Late in the fourth quarter, he almost always didn't get the job done. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I like that guy. lies like good person from the Upstate, Bowling Springs guy. Yeah. So yeah, his mama. Yeah. When but when it, when Ish hit the fan and it was it was getting mm-hmm. serious. It was he mm-hmm. got a little tight. And where you have a Connor Shaw who excels in that situation, mm-hmm. or you have mm-hmm. other many other players. Like it's easy. To go back there and play quarterback when it's almost seven on seven. Clean pocket, you know, all that good stuff. But when when it's real and you got a blitzing linebacker or your you know your left tackle is Andrew Drozak and he slipped on his pass set and you're running a little bit for your life, you you gotta keep your eye downfield. You know, you got to be able and and there's the you know, you always hear this concept and it's no other definable way. I've I've looked for years to define it. The ability to feel the rush, not see it. Mm -hmm. You're looking downfield, but you feel it and you feel where to move up. You feel when to slide left, slide right. I mean, Tom Brady is the least fleet of foot guy in the world but he can, I was
1: just thinking about him. He's
0: the master of, Oh, I need to just knows when it's coming. right. I need to slide right a little bit here and I can get my ball off. I need to move up a little, I need to move, you know, spin move, whatever. And like, although I don't think Brady's ever done a spin move. I think he'd break everything in his body if he did that. But, um, (laughs) but like, it's one of those things where it's just inherent. It just, you have to be, it's just it's that it factor. It's that you know the lights. Sure. The lights are the brightest. Your team needs sure. you. You know you brought up the Arkansas game. In the Arkansas game, mm-hmm. late in that game, we're down what ten, maybe fourteen, and we've got a chance. We're driving the ball to turn it into a one-score game, and he threw a pick yep. trying to go to Leggett, and he threw a pick there that just can't happen. And
1: and Con- Connor Shaw wins that game. I agree. I agree.
0: Now, I'll
1: tell you
0: you this, though. It took Connor time to find that ability. You can grow into that.
1: I think you're right. You know, but I think part of it, too. So, first of all, I agree with everything you just said. 100%. I think part of it, too, is... It's kind of like the the Jake Bentley factor, right? Yep. Now, we knew that Jake Bentley wasn't going to be like a world beater, right? right? He's not going to be a first-round draft pick, but he was a five-star recruit sure. coming out of high school. You know as well as I do that every athlete, whatever sports you play, every athlete has a top level, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, you for for us, that was high school, man. Right. I, you know, neither of us were tall enough, right. honestly, to do anything other than that. right. So I think what happens sometimes, you know, you you think about busts, busts that are five star recruits that bust in college, busts that are first round draft pick, Ryan Leaf, right? right. I think sometimes what happens is, so take Jake Bentley, for example, his senior year of high school, he was he was probably one of the top ten quarterbacks in high school. Mm-hmm. that year. He probably was. But the, here's the thing. That was his Everest. Yeah. That was as good as he was going to get. So then you have people like Connor Shaw, who was what, two and a half, three star yeah. coming out? But he had not even remotely reached his potential yet. Correct. And so it's almost not, it's not that these guys bust, and I'm not calling Spencer Rattler a bust right now. I mean, although it's getting iffy. Yeah. you know, that, I think that conversation can happen at some point. Um, It's not even that he's a bust. It's that that may have been as good as he's going to get. And the high school game and the college game, I don't care how good you are in high school, the high school and college games are very different. Sure. They are very different. You can murder people in high school on the football field and then get to college and not even start. Oh, for sure. There's lots of guys who have been in that Exactly. And so I wonder if sometimes that's that's sort of what we're seeing with Spencer is that he was amazing in high school, but that might have been as good as he's going to get.
0: No, I, I get you. I agree. Uh, I think the book is still being written. I think the you know, the it's still time to. Now, I will say there were a lot of people that, you know, and I, when I say a lot of people, I mean nationally that were like, he's yeah. he's going to go to South Carolina, spend a year there you know, throw for X amount of yards and touchdowns and and get himself back in the first round conversation. That certainly has not been what's happened. And, you know, at the very least, he he definitely needs to stay another year at South Carolina. At the worst, with a new offensive coordinator, potentially, he may need to go elsewhere. And, you know, that's a conversation for down the road. But,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, when when Doty was, I, I would really be interested to see what a fully healthy, non pressured Luke Doty looks like. Right. I want to see what Dante Reno looks like. Yep. You know, it may be. I, I was thinking about this when we were, you know, today, thinking about the, the podcast and everything. I'm almost willing to go on record saying that I don't think that Spencer Rattler will either be. In the NFL or at South Carolina next year, I, I, I think I'm going to make that call. I
0: I, I don't disagree. Uh, I definitely don't think he's in the NFL. So, like, let's just take no, that no, off. The, he's, let's he's, take that no, if off the he, table. If, he, if he
1: declare, if he declare, if he declares, he's got some people that hate him giving him yeah, advice.
0: Really poor <laughs> advisors. Um, yeah. But I agree that you know, let's be honest. The uh, the all of the things being said, all of the things being written, even body language. Spent, uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Shatterfield looks like a dead man walking. He, he, I don't think he thinks he's coming back. And so who says this new offense, whoever it is, isn't more mm-hmm. of the what's going on in college football right now that you need the dual threat quarterback. And right. so Spencer's not that. He's not that. And, no, and
1: he is not. So if
0: that's what's coming down the pipe, then he does, not you know. Nowadays, with the transfer portal, he needs to go somewhere else, and yeah, of you course. know. And I, I don't dislike him. You know, there was all this stuff. No, 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 Coming out of Oklahoma, that teammates hated him, and and this, I, I don't get that vibe from our team.
1: Uh, I don't get. I have not seen that one bit. I no. don't
0: get that from him uh, being a guy no. you dislike as a teammate. Um, but he, you know, right now. It's not, I keep, you know, you talked about earlier being the ultimate pessimist. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I am somewhere in that range, but inside of me, I can't help but be my my mother's son and go, Sure. this is the Saturday he turns it on. This is the Saturday. And he's got, because he does have the ability, he's got the arm strength, he's got the size, he's got all of that. And I just keep thinking, Here's where it clicks. you know. Again, Florida's not a great defensive football team. They are not Mm -hmm. gangbusters. They're going to do some things to try and trick him. Hopefully we've been prepping Mm -hmm. for that all week. You certainly think so. But this could be a coming out party. Have we seen anything to suggest, other than a pretty good game against Vanderbilt, which is a bad defense, have we seen anything to necessarily say, okay, he's turning the corner? Not so much. Um, Nope. You know, we're not that far removed from the Missouri game where I was, you know, texting and talking with people going, can we just give Doty a shot? Like, let's just see. What
1: are we doing?
0: Right. So, yeah, I I agree with you there. Um, Switching back to this Florida game, when you look (laughs) at the one other thing this defense likes to do again, that scares me. They'll give you a two deep look and roll down Mm -hmm. after the snap to a one high. And then that goes to cover three, cover one, you know, they're, they're, they are literally trying to trick you. Like they are literally, you know, and which is everybody's goal essentially at this game, but like, they are creative that way. So
1: you've got to be prepared. Um, Well, it, it, we're almost going to be playing ourselves this week in a lot of ways, you know, because you, you 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 do trickeration when you don't have the personnel to just line up and smash somebody in the mouth. You know who doesn't have to do trickeration? Nick Saban. That's right. You know why? Because his entire team is five star. Like I mean, and they're all just world busters. Right now, of course, they lost twice this year. I was about time, to say. I was
0: about to say this year Jared they might want speaking. to get a little trickier. <laughs> they might,
1: do they want? Do they need Marcus Satterfield?
0: They could have him. They have a lot of former Gamecocks I mean, right now on that coaching staff. I'm not going to say I, I, that that might be why their downfall is coming. But that might be why their downfall's
1: coming. It's not. Not that. <laughs> <It's, that's>, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but hmm, yeah, yeah. You can have all of our, yes, all of our castles. Please take them. Uh, <laughs> please
0: take my wife. Please. Um <laughs> yes. so, you're going there, dude. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, back to Florida's offense.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Billy Napier. Play calling head coach, famously, or at least um, I shouldn't say famously among South Carolina fans, famously former offensive coordinator at Clemson. I will say
1: in, infamously.
0: infamously what he was running at Florida, at Clemson. He's not running now. He was running a very much more of a yeah. pro style type offense. But there yeah. was a lot of things coming out of Death Valley at that time that he and Dabo were not getting along because Dabo was meddling in the offense a lot. And he got frustrated with him a lot. And then Dabo, in turn, a lot of people would say, used Napier as a scapegoat for a lot of offensive sure. issues. So that was why when when the situation of who's going to be the next head coach at South Carolina came up and mm-hmm. Napier was on the mm-hmm. list, there was a lot mm-hmm. of people saying he may want to come to Columbia and stick it to Dabo. Now, granted, we, we're we sure. going to need some, some Jimmys and Joes to do that. But that's, you know, what – you know, there was some thought process there, but nowadays what he's running a little bit more pistol, a little bit more, uh, spread is definitely a run first offense. He has an offensive coordinator. It's uh Rob sale, but, but Napier's calling the plays. Um, sure. And their best weapon,
1: now, now, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did, did that switch, did that switch happen because of personnel or was that a, Was that a conscious shift in his offensive philosophy? That was a conscious
0: shift in his offensive philosophy. Once what happened was once he went from Clemson, he went to a couple different stops and along the way started adapting to some different systems that he had been a part of. Um, And then I think when he got to Louisiana, you know, you're not going to have a whole bunch of five stars at Louisiana. So he got this, you know, misdirection offense. You talked about looking in a mirror. If we play like we played against Vanderbilt, The offense we ran against Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. is very similar to what Florida's trying to do. They're going to give you pre-snap reads, uh, or excuse me, Mm pre-snap motion, orbits, shifts. Mm -hmm. This is a mostly pistol base. That's a little different than us. And so anybody who's new to the show, the pistol is like a short shotgun. So that's why it's called the pistol. The running back's typically behind you, maybe with an offset fullback instead of being beside Mm -hmm. you and more in the shotgun, which is what South Carolina does. But they are, this is a run first scheme. They are looking like South Carolina to try and run the outside zone. They want to run the outside zone. And then off of that, they want to run counter and they want to get a little bit of duo in there, a little bit of power on the inside. So they are ultimately trying to do what South Carolina is trying to do. Here's the difference you've got Anthony Richardson at quarterback. Um, Right. He's uh, a stud, he gets listed as being a high level. NFL draft pick quarterback. I do not see that from him. I'm not a quarterback guru, but I have not seen that.
1: I mean, there is a growing, I think, I think there's a growing desire amongst NFL teams to have like a Taysom Hill sort of, sort of player. I mean, that's kind of, you know, I mean, we haven't talked about him, but like, like Dak Joyner, you know, there's a good chance that Dak gets drafted specifically because of all the things that he can do with the added quarterback. And I think Richardson, from what I've seen, he would sort of fit. He's not going to be an everyday starter in the NFL, but I think that they, they, um, a team with a little bit of ingenuity, could find a way to use him, kind of the way the Saints use Hill.
0: Yeah, Um, that's true.
1: But yeah, it's it's going to be rough. Over over under. I'm going to set the over under two twenty five rushing yards for Florida. On Saturday, yeah,
0: that's a that's a high probability, a very high probability. Uh,
1: unless <laughs> the over,
0: unless I, I went a little mad scientist on defense, uh, fish. Oh, Lord. And so, t- typically, Thomas is in charge of talking about defense. So he's not here. He's still with his 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 new baby and and wife, and they are doing great. Uh, Congratulations, but, Thomas. But uh, I am going to get a little crazy here and I'm really not getting completely crazy because we've done a little bit of this. So Fisher, you brought up our, our poor defensive effort against the rush, right? You've also brought up like I did our poor sideline to sideline coverage at linebacker. So here's what I think we should do. Let's run and you can do it out of your current system because you have a multiple system. Let's be a little bit more three, four based. Let's be a little mm-hmm. bit more 3-4 based. Let's put M.J. Webb, who's 6'4", 313 mm-hmm. pounds. Put him big boy. in that nose tackle spot, either a true zero, which means he's eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose with the center, or over the center's shoulder. And his job is to penetrate into a gap and take up two blockers. Get a guard and a center block on him, okay? Mm-hmm. From there, yep. I'm putting Tonka Hemingway. And Zach Pickens on a rotation at the strong defensive tackle spot. They're going so the strong side of the of the offense. They're going to rotate mm-hmm. there. Their job, same thing: penetrate a gap, penetrate a gap. Mm-hmm. They don't. You can't not be aggressive if you're told to penetrate a gap. Like you're not trying to read. You're going through C gap. You're going through whatever gap you go. You're trying to create havoc in the backfield. Same thing on the weak side. I want Jordan Birch and, and Boogie Hunley on that weak side four I. So they're lined up on the inside shoulder of that tackle. Now, at linebacker, I want to see Debo Williams over at strong side. Yep. And I want to like I see him as that alley linebacker. So he's trying to defend the outside zone, the screen pass. He's he's your alley defender there. Then in the middle, and you mentioned both these guys, um, Brad Johnson and Sherrod Green. They mm-hmm. have struggled getting sideline to sideline. If we play a, yep. four, a true 3-4, four, four, all they're responsible for is tackle to tackle. Tackle, tackle, to tackle to
1: tackle. I love it. I love this.
0: Run them tackle I'm, to tackle. I'm loving
1: all of this. And buddies. then at the weak side, I'm going
0: to put your boy, Stone Blanton. There he is. And he's playing the backside alley. He's playing that contained piece. And if nothing shows mm-hmm. up, if your last threat is not there, chase the football, son. Go be a high school football player and chase the football. (laughs) Just run around. Just run around. Now, that means at corner, we're just going to have to line up Cam Smith and Rush and Dial, and they're going to play true corner. And then here's where I'm getting tricky. This is the mad scientist piece. We're going to get out of a two-safety set. We're going to a one-safety set. And Nick, and I say Nick's last name very badly. Iman Worry. There you go. Uh, Emin e. Worry. And he's playing <laughs> Nicky. Nick E. He's playing straight up spy. His only yeah. job is Anthony Richardson. That's his only yep. job. Here, because here's the thing, Fish, for a true freshman, that dude's pretty big. He's 6'4". Yeah. Like 215-ish. Yeah. He, he and he will, as much as we talked about lack of aggression against Vanderbilt, he was laying the wood.
1: He was laying the wood. Dude, these young kids, right? I, I should say, lack of aggression, but these young kids are not messing around. Right. I don't know what these super seniors are doing, but these young kids are killing it, man. They're doing great. So then
0: I just put I put D.Q. Smith at safety. I love that guy. I love that he's transferred, come from, as a true freshman, played quarterback in high school, and is killing it at safety. Mm-hmm. So then, basically, mm-hmm. I've taken – we have usually a traditional nickel – and what they call the buck end, who's standing up right. um, off the field, and we're getting more three four. And here's what we're trying to do: that nose tackle, MJ Webb, his job is to occupy two two blockers. You want mm-hmm. the same? You want um, your two defensive tackles occupying a blocker, guys. We're not asking you to make tackles. Eat up mm-hmm. those linemen. Let them hug you. You hug them exactly. And let's go. Exactly. Let those four linebackers make plays. And then That's on top, exactly right. And then on top of that, you got Nick just, he's shadowing, you know, the old joke of, I don't care if Anthony Richardson goes to the bathroom. I want to know if he took a number one or a number two, like you go, you go follow him. And
1: did he wash his hands?
0: Did he wash his hands? Is he a good human being that washes his hands after going to the bathroom? (laughs) Because yeah, ultimately this is not a great passing team. They don't scare me as a passing team. I know we've got a lot of interceptions and so that's a great skill, but I think we can still get right. that in a cover three, cover one situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I think if we're going to have a shot, we're going to have to figure out how to at least slow down that run game and get them in passing situational third down. I'm, I'm okay with, with having our guys on an Island. I mean, they're going to miss some. Sure. That's going to happen. Right. But, you know, you're talking – I mean, Cam Smith, you know, he, he he's probably played his way out of a first-round right. grade, but he's going to be a second- or third-rounder, and he's going to play in the NFL. I mean, he's going to play a lot. And so right. we've got good guys on the back end, if they can stay healthy during the game. But I love this idea because – and you were kind of alluding to it and, and, and everything – when we're running the 4-3, you've got four guys just the way we play, right? right? We, we play with the hand we're dealt. Right. Just the way we play – if you've got four guys down, a lot of the time, more than I'd like to admit, they're getting tied up. And so by switching to a three, more of a 3-4 look, you, you've got people off the ball right. that have the opportunity to, re, to read and react rather than just getting wrapped up. Because if we're going to stand up anyways, let's put as few people in that position as possible.
0: Right. And if you can get that nose tackle to commit two blockers to him – We've taken Mm -hmm. between him and the two other DTs. Now there's four guys on that offensive line occupied. And then you've got –
1: Somebody's free. Somebody's
0: free. And you've got four linebackers. They can out-athlete one lineman, you know, one lineman at a tight end (laughs) to to go (laughs) make tackles. So that is – I mean, when you think about the true 3-4, the true Mm 3-4, the job of the down lineman is truly to eat people up. Like, you, your job That's is right. to occupy. you taking up space. You're a you're, you're yep, big you're dude who takes up space. Think of Vince Wilfork when he was at uh, uh, New England. That guy was massive. That's
1: exactly he right. He wasn't
0: making yeah. any plays. All he was doing yep. is taking up some dudes in the middle.
1: They could snap the ball and you would just sit down, and you're right. not running up the middle. You're just not going to.
0: Yeah, you're not going <laughs> to. And you're also not going to get to the linebacker to block him to try and knock him That's off the right. of play. All right, so, Fisher, exactly let's right. – Take a look at our final outlook. I'm going to let you lead the way here. Okay. I think I kind of know where you're going. It's probably close to where I'm going. What is your outlook here for South Carolina versus the Gators?
1: All right, lines, last line, we're going on an eight. That's right. Um, as given eight. Over-under is 59, you said? fifty-six.
0: 59, 59.
1: Somewhere, so 59, whew, all right. Uh, I'm going to honestly <sighs> – I'm gonna take Florida. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Florida to cover, um, because it's in the swamp. Right. I think if we were neutral side or we were in Columbia, um, I, I would I might take Carolina in the points. But because it's in the swamp, we've only won there twice, man. Right. And it was with teams that are way better, way better than than this team. Um. So yeah, and I'm probably gonna take I'm gonna take the over. Okay. Because beam because Beamer balls good, Beamer balls gonna be good for some points. Yeah.
0: Typically, it is. Um,
1: I think we're gonna. Yeah, I think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna be able to run over them. Um, I think we're gonna be able to have some luck in the passing game. I just don't know if I trust Anthony Richardson's juice over Spencer Rattler's juice at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I you know. Same kind of deal here. I'd love to sit here and tell you that we're going to have the same type of creative play calling, pre-snap stuff. Use the misdirection, utilize players in the right way. I'd love to tell you that. Love to tell you that that's going to happen. <laughs> I have not seen enough to tell me that it will. I've seen the exact opposite. Yeah. The simulated pressure, the creeper, if you will, and and that shifting secondary scares me to death. We've already thrown nine yeah. interceptions on the season. Uh, I, that worries me. And you mentioned the big thing here. We've only won in Florida two times, and I don't mm-hmm. think this Saturday is going to be number three. Um, I will give South Carolina. I'm going to say South Carolina is going to cover the points. I think they can keep okay. it closer because of Beamer ball. I could see mm-hmm. us, you know, blocking a punt, getting a punt kick return, punt return that sets you up or gets you a cheap score there. But I, I'm still, right. t- I'm still sticking with the under. Because here's the thing. Okay. Let's say our offense on a typical, you know, down and distance against Missouri, they came up with 13 points. So let's say you right. steal. Let's say you steal one from you steal one uh, on special teams, and so now we're at 20. I just don't think. I don't want to think that Florida can score 39 points on our defense. Maybe they can. I just don't know that they can. I-
1: I I mean, that's a fair take. Honestly, I mean, I I, I could see that happening just as easily. I'm not confident in either of those picks. (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
0: So basically, don't bet on this game if you're listening to
1: us right now. Don't ever bet on the game, Cox. What is wrong with you? Definitely definitely... (laughs) never do it.
0: Never do it. Moving into our biggest rivals. uh, Oh, I hate them so much. We've got Louisville traveling to Death Valley to play Clemson. Clemson is a seven-point favorite. Now, this line is super low, uh, Fish. 50, That's crazy. 51 and a half. Uh, this will be on ESPN at 330. Before we get into the Louisville game and breakdown, Fish, give me, you, know, you kind of alluded to the, the, the emotion in the stadium as Gamecock fans heard the news of the Irish uh, beating Clemson. You know, What are your thoughts there? Other than the fact I know you're happy about it. Did you see that?
1: It was beautiful. Did you
0: see that coming or, you know, what what surprised you or were you like, "Nah, I kind of saw this could happen."
1: No. I mean, I haven't been sold on Clemson all year primarily because, you know, DJ DJU he 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 just doesn't have it for whatever reason. I don't follow him enough to have a theory on that right? other than he just doesn't seem to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, Dabo's teams They have to have that leader at quarterback. Otherwise, at some point, they're going to falter. And I wouldn't consider this Clemsoning because I think Notre Dame is better than their record indicates. Fair. But going into the season, even after the first couple of games when we kind of knew what we were seeing with Clemson, I honestly thought if they could make it through that Syracuse game – that they would be okay and they were they would win out mainly because the ACC is hot garbage. Right. Um. I did not see. I didn't see Notre Dame beating them. I certainly didn't see the beatdown that they took. I mean, that was a shellacking.
0: Right. So I said on last week's show that Clemson was on upset alert, and I did call for the the Irish to upset yeah. them. I it's certainly. A home brag, I man. did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but it's on record. It's on record. So you can no, go I back know, and, know, know, and I I listen know. to it. I know. But um, oh, no, I listen. But uh, I agree with you. I didn't see it being a 21 point victory.
1: Um, mm. I, I thought, and it wasn't that close. No,
0: I thought they were sneaking out of there. I certainly didn't see them. I said they needed to be able to run the ball. Did not see them running mm. for 263 yards on Clemson's Ooh. defense. I mean, and one thing they had 50 percent third down conversion. That's oh, that's man. pretty darn strong. And so. Best. On the backside of that, Clemson's offense could not muster 200 yards of passing and could not muster 100 yards of rushing. Clemson has got to be reeling going into this week. You know, uh, that can't, this is not the Clemson that we have known for the past, what? I mean, I hate to say it, 10 years.
1: No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, they don't they don't have any, anywhere near that kind of just they're not scary. Right. Right. They're just not scary. They're not a bad team. I mean, and trust me, I very much want them to be a bad team, right. but they're just not scary. They're definitely beatable. They're not Goliath anymore, at least this year. Right. And, and 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 I think some of what we saw on Saturday may have something to do with that is that I mean, they were they're almost back to those Clemson years where they would do the Clemsoning yeah. where, you know, they would just be, they'd be rolling through people and then they just randomly lose to Georgia tech for no good. Right. Gosh, darn right. reason, You right. know, um, I miss it those days. Feels a, I do too. It was wonderful. Um, speaking of which real quick, real quick aside, I had as close to a perfect weekend as I've had in a long time. Nice right. So I, so I got a master's degree from Duke. So I'm a Duke football fan. Duke won, obviously, my heart goes to Columbia, Carolina won. Clemson lost and the Steelers didn't lose. Hey, because, we had buy. because you had to buy. That's true. That's true. But uh, I mean, think, think about, it. I, 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 I want to go back and check it out, but I don't know how long it's been since those things have happened all in the same when, weekend. When you
0: put, when you add in Duke football winning,
1: that's what I'm that, saying. That, man, that makes a rarity there. Uh, that's my entire life is just one big depressing weekend
0: after another. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I don't know why you like football.
1: Um, I don't uh, either. I'm a massacre. It's yes, sad. It's sad, it's, really.
0: So Louisville to uh, fish. They, you know, they have not been anything super spectacular. Now they are coming in on a three-game winning streak. They're six and three on the mm. year. Scott mm. Satterfield has been yeah. on the hot seat really since last year they almost got rid of him and there was rumblings yeah. they were going to he made he did what's kind of the the last ditch effort as a head coach sometimes is I'm going to change my coordinators I'm going to chop <laughs> off their heads instead of my own <laughs> and right. so that is what he did uh he's got a new offensive coordinator Lance Taylor and fish guess where he coached last season Where's that Notre Dame Ooh, buddy. You think he's calling anybody's on that staff going, hey, man, what'd y'all do? Tell, tell, me, tell me what y'all did. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Send me all of your film. <laughs> yeah,
0: I need to know practice scheme. I need to know like Even what. The secret stuff. Yeah, just give me the stuff. But this is a largely uh, spread-based offense, but is a run-first offense, which typically right. I would say is a concern because, uh, you know, Clemson's defense is usually very, very good against the run. But right now we're not sure on that.
1: Yeah. Now, I, like, it, I, have they lost their mojo? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, only one week, but right. yeah, oof, it was rough.
0: But offensively, Louisville's third in the conference and the ACC in running, tenth in passing. So mm. you know, kind of pedestrian there. Mm. But but sixth overall in scoring. So I mean, this is a decent to good offense. And much like Florida, no. the driving force mm. is their quarterback. Malik Cunningham oh yeah and he's nasty he is nasty he is sixth in the league in the ACC in in rushing and when you consider the fact he's been sacked 16 times this year and in college football that counts against his rushing yards so that that is concerning for this Clemson defense that had some trouble last week Mm -hmm. coming you know there you know This is
1: against a a literal leprechaun. Aha.
0: Yes, at quarterback. Uh he is not tall. Uh his last name's Pine. I remember that. But he was like 5'10. Like he was so small. I think
1: he's 5'10, yeah. Like 180
0: pounds. And they, yeah, they got smoked.
1: It was adorable.
0: It was adorable. It was adorable. And like I said, this is a team, Louisville, that's coming in with some confidence. They're not coming to Death Valley. Shaking in their boots. You mentioned this is not a scary Clemson football team right now. They they are coming in Mm -hmm. with a belief they can win. Up until last week, Clemson's defense was hanging their hat on the fact they were a great run stopping defense. They said, hey, Mm -hmm. man, you may be able to pass the ball on us. Our secondary may be a little bit shaky, but you're not going to be able to run the ball and we're going to be able to sack you enough that we're going to negate big pass plays. Against Notre Dame, that was not the case. And quite honestly, Syracuse gave them offense, too. This is a mm-hmm. look. So I, I like to call some games get right games. It's to uh, get yourself mm-hmm. right. South Carolina had two get right games in a row, UNC Charlotte and, and SC State. You could say Vandy is a bit, no offense, Vandy, of a get right game as much as you can be in the SEC and be a get right game. This isn't a get right, right. game. This is a look in the mirror game. Because Clemson's coming up against a team that ain't bad. And if you don't Mm -hmm. right the ship on defense, you may be in trouble. You may be in trouble. They're a seven-point favorite at home right now. If you would have told me at the beginning of this season that Clemson would be only favored by seven against Louisville at home, I'd have told you you were crazy.
1: That's wild. Like that's wild. I, mean, I didn't I didn't even I mean, you put it in the rundown and like I honestly didn't know that the line was that. I, I thought it was gonna be at least twelve. Yeah. That's with shocking. it being at home. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's a crazy low line.
0: That's that's shocking. Clemson's offense, man, you know, they gotta get right. I mean, the the DJU, you mentioned for in Clemson's most successful years, they've had that leader at quarterback. They've had that yeah. star at quarterback. And right now he is not it. At the beginning of the year, he, he looked settled in, he looked more comfortable, he was making plays. And now he's getting taken out of ball games. And I mean
1: Yeah. As soon as they did that against Syracuse, I was like, That's the beginning of the end, that, man. You yeah, can't do that. That's the quickly I mean sh- I, like I understood it, but like that was it. That was he's done after that. Well
0: that's gonna shake your confidence as a quarterback. You're you know
1: yeah. every bad – Especially if you've already not doing great right. last year, you know. Right,
0: well every bad pass you're looking to the sideline going, Are they pulling me out? Mm-hmm. They're gonna pull me out. That yep. you can't you can't play right. like that. And here's the thing, no. Cade Klubnick has not lit it up when he's been in the game. I mean he's I think he threw I'm pretty sure he
1: had a a zero rating.
0: Yeah, he threw <laughs> Last one week. one pass and it was intercepted, and they pulled him right back out. So, like,
1: I love
0: it. Great I love it. It was coaching there, uh, Clemson's, <laughs> yeah. Clemson's offense cannot turn this football over against. Uh, you can't give no. extra. You can't give extra possessions to Louisville and win this game. Here's the other thing.
1: That's exactly right.
0: How quickly, fish? In your opinion, if this offense struggles three and out, Mm -hmm. three and out, maybe a turnover, you know, when do the boo birds come out at Death Valley? And what does that do to this Clemson offense that's struggling to find an identity, struggling to find their confidence, if they start getting booed at home?
1: If they haven't scored two touchdowns by midway through the second quarter, they're going to start booing. I I agree. And then they're in trouble. They're in trouble.
0: Yeah, And and, and that's a bad situation there. All right, switching to Louisville's Mm -hmm. defense – so he kind of did – I mentioned Scott Satterfield replaced or brought in some new coordinators. He did an interesting thing on defense. He didn't fire his current defensive coordinator, who was then there since 2019, when, and, uh, Brian Brown, but he brought in Wesley McGriff to be a co-coordinator. And it gets even weirder. If you look at the Louisville coaching staff online, Brown coaches corners and McGriff coaches the secondary. What the heck does that mean? Like
1: what? That's
0: weird, man. It's very strange. Now That's I will. Really weird. I will tell you, Louisville's defense is fourth in the ACC in pass defense. So maybe having two coordinators who <laughs> who, who get involved in the pass defense is really working out for them. Uh, they're doing a good job.
1: Uh, Apparently it works.
0: And they're sixth against the run. So again, not a bad team. This is a team that is a little bit more three four based, but they are multiple front, they're going to bump that three-man line down and have that standing mm. up defensive end slash linebacker type gotcha. role to give you that trickiness yeah, yeah, yeah. of is he coming, is he dropping. Um, but ultimately, right. you got to think they're a little more – but they are a little more traditional 3-4. If you think back, if you're a South Carolina fan and you're like, what does that look like? Think about the Georgia State game where they had a guy – and sure. Fish, you know this, you played guard. Typically, there is not – Defender directly over the nose of the center. The center is in the great position that he's giving help to a, to a guard usually. He's, he gets to snap right, the ball right. and go <laughs> diagonal. So yes, Brian, we're saying Brian Vetter, our former teammate and good buddy. We're saying you're not <laughs> as good as us um
1: you didn't have to do any yeah yeah fisher
0: did it and rashad did it all for you um
1: yeah yeah at, at most at most you're getting a shade at most right. you're getting a shade but so, you're, you're never gonna have anybody heads up but these
0: guys will will put a true nose out there that's gonna that throws a monkey wrench in everything they throw a monkey that throws a monkey wrench so the clemson fans need to be concerned about really really two things fish number one Mm-hmm. Louisville's defense is third in the nation in interceptions. They have 14 interceptions as a defense. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Okay. And they are tied for first in the country with 34 sacks. So, so
1: DJ might have a rough
0: day. <laughs> that's going to be kind of concerning.
1: Oh, wow, man.
0: I, <laughs> uh, Fish, I'll go first on the on the final outlook this time since I made you go first Over last right. time. If Clemson turns this ball over particularly early against this Cardinal team, they are in big, big trouble. Mm -hmm. I think Clemson covers, which means they get the win. I'm sorry. I think they win, Mm -hmm. but they do not cover. I see this as a three-point ball game. I see this as a three-point ball game, and it's going to be a struggle, man. Clemson will come out with the win. I don't think they cover. And I think Clemson fans are leaving Death Valley on Saturday upset and not feeling good about yeah. this team. Even though they got the win, I, I don't see them walking out going, Okay, we're we're gonna be okay. You know, Notre Dame was just a bad yeah. night. I just don't see that happening. Fish, what do you yeah, think?
1: They're, they're, they're gonna walk out thinking they just kissed their sister, which, you know, <laughs> may be a good thing, you know, up yeah, there. Depending but depending where you are, um, it's fine. I mean, you know what you gonna do. Uh, no, I, I I hesitate, but um, I think that Notre Dame probably exposed what a lot of teams have been trying to expose and have almost exposed in Clemson mm-hmm. all along, and that is that their offensive line is not where it normally is. Yep, they don't have a quarterback that they can rely on in any real measure and what that's doing too is like will shipley i like will shipley i think i mean i don't you know i don't know him but like as a runner as a as a as a as a a player like he's a really good player but you know travis Etienne was only we to say he's only travis Etienne was able to rise the way he did because trevor lawrence was there sure because we we know that Clemson anytime Clemson has a solid stud maybe not even the best quarterback in the world but they have a solid stud a guy you can rely on their running backs always do amazingly well mm-hmm. and i think what we saw last week is Clemson got exposed and if Louisville can capitalize on that and it 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 kind of feels like that they they have they have that kind of juice I think Louisville goes in there with the upset,
0: oh, honestly. Oh, he's calling for the upset. I do. Two losses do. in a no, row for the, for the Taters.
1: I mean, you know, a man can hope. Yeah. No, I'm
0: I'm not. Listen, <laughs> if we can get another great weekend, I mean, not necessarily for you, but, like, if, if we get a South Carolina victory, uh, a Clemson mm-hmm. loss, and my Eagles <laughs> continue to be undefeated with a win over the Commanders on Monday night, I'm here for it.
1: Your Eagles are the most garbage, undefeated NFL team I have ever That's seen. That's funny because they're the
0: only one right now. That's what's funny. About <laughs> I that. know.
1: That's
0: I... what's funny about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, pl- playing the commanders and the, you know, the Lions and everything, it's tough. You got a tough schedule. It's, but eight, uh, you're looking eight, good. Hey, uh, we'll... I like Jalen Hurts, though, man. Good He's guy. A, 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 that, that dude is legit. Yeah, he's a he's, he's he's fun dude to watch play. All right. He's a, he's a lot of fun. Fisher's
0: Fisher's calling for the upset. I'm calling for Clemson to not cover. We'll see if our Game Cock glasses uh, let us astray here. All right, Fish, yeah, real yeah. quick as we, as we roll through, let's talk very briefly about college football playoff top four right now. Georgia, after a big win in Athens over the Vols, is at number one. Ohio State struggled against Northwestern, but it's still undefeated. Uh, that game was like a torrential rain for forty mile hour winds, but that was still a struggle. Michigan comes in at three, and then TCU, the undefeated Horn Frogs, are at number four. This is the first time I think, if I read correctly, this is the first time that um, since the advent of the playoff system that Clemson or Alabama have not been ranked in the top four at some point during the year.
1: Is that right? That's,
0: that's wow. what I read. Um,
1: that's amazing.
0: So fish, do you see, this is the one real question I have. Do you see a scenario where, cause obviously Ohio state, and Michigan are going to play each other. So one of them is right. going to have a loss. Do you see yep. a scenario where they both get into the playoff?
1: No, no, I do not.
0: Yeah. I, I you
1: know, think it's going to be tough. I mean, when when Michigan – I mean, Michigan had to come from behind to beat a not entirely strong Rutgers team this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, now, I mean, there's always two ways to look at that. Yeah, they're resilient, and yeah, that's what championship teams do. But also, like, Rutgers might be one of the harder games they play this year. And so – all i can really say about about the college football playoff is that i can't wait till we expand because yeah. TCU i'm sorry TCU is not better than Tennessee no, no. TCU is not better than Alabama no you know what neither is michigan and so it's going to be really, or, or maybe I'm wrong, but right. it would be really nice. It's going to be really nice whenever we figure it out. Right. I don't, I mean, TCU, TCU might make college football playoffs simply because who they got to play.
0: Right. That's true. Well, they, we're going to get to that in just a second. Great segue. Great segue. Hmm. All
1: yeah, right. You know, I do it again.
0: So moving into our look around college football, 12 o'clock game. We look at 12 o'clock game, three thirty game and a seven or seven thirty game, 12 o'clock. Fish, the one I'm most interested in, is number seven, LSU, who's a three-point favorite, going Mm -hmm. in to play Arkansas on ESPN at 12, the over-under here, 64. This, to me, feels like it has trap game written all over it for LSU. Huge win against Bama. And now, I mean, Arkansas, granted, they just lost last week to, to Liberty, but Arkansas still has some good ability. I don't know how they're losing these games.
1: I don't know. I mean, KJ Jefferson is—he's um, a great football player. I honestly don't know what ha- what is happening with Arkansas. They—they—I don't. I, I just—you got me, man. I've—I've I've been watching, following college football, literally my whole life, and I do not understand Arkansas. Yeah, it bit.
0: doesn't make sense, but because it has just trap game written all over it, and it's a low mm-hmm. line, three three point line. Yep,
1: and uh, it's at Arkansas,
0: and it's at Arkansas. I could see, I could see the Hogs pulling an upset because if LSU yeah. comes in there and l- listen to what I'm about to do here, high on the hog. You see what I did? That's, good. Oh, That's clever.
1: Look at you, buddy. Um, <laughs>
0: they they could get stung. They could they could lose this game. This is still an LSU team right. that struggled at the beginning of the year. But if they, you know, maybe maybe Brian Kelly's got them focused and whatnot. But if you come in believing your press clippings a little too much. Uh, you you could lose this game. I see this hitting the under. 64 points is a lot of points.
1: That's a lot of points, man. Yeah, you're talking, what, a 34 or 33-30 win? Right. Yeah, something like that. I mean, that's a lot of – Now, I mean, I can see Arkansas putting up that many points. I don't know about LSU. I mean – Luckily LSU had their get right game against Alabama. So
0: Ha-ha! that's uh that's <laughs> hilarious. Now, speaking yeah, of which, speaking of which, our three thirty game, and I'm gonna do my best Keith Jackson impersonation. Whoa, Nelly. We've got that was, that was not great. That was really bad. It was really, really bad. You, got, you gotta put some oof into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what happened there. I don't know what I was trying for. Number nine, Alabama comes into Ole Miss and the Grove. Uh they' are a 12 point favorite but this is number nine Alabama versus number 11 Oland Miss on CBS at six uh this is a over under of 64 and a half Bama is in a position they have not been in in a very long time they have lost two out of their mm-hmm. last three games where is Alabama's head um I don't, <laughs> this is the last I don't know the last time uh Nick Sabins had to circle the wagon so to speak but it's been a while what do you think this Alabama team comes in? What are they thinking? What are they doing? How how do you see this game
1: going? I I, I think Ole Miss wins honestly. Wow. Um. I mean this this is this is these are my two least favorite coaches in college football. Really? Um. I hope neither team wins. <laughs> um. But with it being at Ole Miss, and I don't know, man. I I think Alabama is in a position where, you know, sometimes sometimes it's good to lose a game right. because it teaches you how to how to overcome adversity. Sure. Right. Right. We, we are well aware of this. Right. You know. Right. Um, but you're talking about you're talking about an entire team, of kids who some of them maybe haven't lost two games ever. Right. You know. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but like. Losing two games in a season for Alabama. And so I don't know if they are built for the type of resiliency that it takes to get punched in the mouth twice right. and still come back against a very a very good, or at least a high powered offensive old miss team, you know. I, I, I just don't know if they're ready for that.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, I definitely don't think that Alabama covers twelve points. I will say that. I definitely don't think okay, if, if Alabama wins this game, I don't think it's by twelve or more. I can tell you that. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. I do think this will hit the over because Lane Kiffin's going to throw everything he can think of at him um, to yep. to score some points. And and Bama, when they're clicking, can they can score? I mean, Bryce Young is still Bryce Young. Sure, like I mean,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so
0: so, but here's the thing: Bama hasn't lost two in a row since 2013. Which right. wouldn't that be a nice stat to have as a football team? Uh, but <laughs> here's the situation: we haven't one, two in a <laughs> row. <since 2015. laughs> no kidding. Uh, you were talking about sometimes it's good to lose a game to get to you know overcome adversity. Okay, guys, we've mm-hmm. had enough adversity. Let's just go. Let's just go win. Let's just go. Let's overcome Why don't we start it. winning again. Yeah. Let's, let's just do that. Remember,
1: we are Alabama. We are Alabama. Yeah, that's I right. Mean, this is not like our first rodeo. That's like, right. You know what we're doing. Yeah. That's right. We know. Everybody's adversity is over. It's time to focus. <laughs>
0: That's
1: right. That's exactly right. No, I think um, I, I here's here here's my here's my stone cold prediction. You ready for it? Nice. This game's going to overtime. Ooh, I like it. I like it. This game's going to go overtime. I think that I think that Alabama's. Alabama might jump out on them and I think Lane Kiffin is going to work his black magic that he does, you know, his deal right. with the devil, whatever yeah. it is. And he is going to bring those guys back and they're going to tie it up at the very end and they're going to go into overtime. And I think it's going to be a bar murder, Wow, Alabama's man,
0: that would be epic. I, I, I signed me up for that right now. So I think we're both, saying, right. That'd be great both saying the over and I don't think Bama covers. So there's that and Fish is calling for the outright win for the old Miss Rebels. They still call them. They're still the rebels, right? Or have they changed that?
1: No, they don't know what they are. Yeah. They're the bland sharks or the black right. bears or what? I, who knows? You yeah, know, they're the, they're the they're the the old the old Miss Kiffins. Yeah, there they're the go.
0: Kiffins, the mustard bottles. Um, so the mustard bottles. <laughs> here we go. Seven thirty uh, is TCU number four. TCU at number eighteen no. Tennessee minus seven over under sixty five. This is on ABC. Real quick here, you know, the, the interesting thing is when's the last time you saw a game where the number four team in the country is playing the number 18 team in the country, even though it is in the 18th team's home stadium? And ESPN's uh, game predictor, predictor track prediction prediction tracker, easy for me to say, only has TCU <laughs> as a 27% chance to win this game. And you're the number four team in the country, allegedly. too.
1: I don't understand at some point people are going to have to figure out that we can give Texas all of the, all of the flowers and all of the things every year. And they're just going to disappoint you. They're yeah. just going to disappoint you. I don't yeah. get it. None of it makes sense. I quite frankly draws no game could interest me less than this. I think they're probably both in inherently flawed teams. Sure. I, I, you know, it's so hard to watch like big 12 because there's no way to know how good they actually are. Any of these teams, I mean, even this game, it'll give us a sense of how good they are relative to one another, but is there anybody on the planet who thinks that Texas could be Georgia? Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, absolutely not. No, (laughs) of course not. Yeah, that's true. Um, Now that being that, that being said, I'm, I'm, I've made some wild predictions. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna take Texas in this one. I'm gonna mm. go against myself because I can't be. I'm, I'm very rarely right about anything that I have confidence in. Mm. So I'm gonna go against my better judgment, and I'm gonna take Texas.
0: Now, are you saying Texas is in the Longhorns, or are you taking
1: Texas TCU? Oh no, TCU. Yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, the Longhorns. Yeah, not TCU. Gotcha. Okay,
0: because they're the favorites. They're the favorites. So you're not calling for an upset there
1: necessarily. And they have Jesus on their side. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well I mean what well, TCU does. TCU oh, okay. does. So gotcha. yeah, yeah, know, who who knows? Yeah, I mean who well, knows? That's know? fair. I mean you never know. You never know. Um we're gonna find out how good Jesus is at uh you know um, <laughs> playing in Austin. Uh, oh man,
0: here we go. We made it all the way before we got off the rails, literally to the last game. No,
1: <laughs> it's the, the Texas Christian University. That's
0: fair. That's fair. Uh, I think <laughs> Uh, I, I, this is an interesting. I, I, I agree with you. It's not interesting the fact that I think both these teams are flawed. I don't think either one yeah. is, is as good as they are made to look on paper. Um, I, I, think Texas and Miami, and even to an extent this year, Oklahoma, you know, kind of mm-hmm. get their credit on their, on their reputation, their past. Um, right. I, You know, TCU, man, they were not picked to be very good this year. Um, That's true. I love Garrett Riley's offense, his air raid with a power rushing Mm -hmm. attack. I do love that, but it shouldn't be anything new to the Big 12. He's basically running his brother's offense. Like, you know, they they, don't
1: play defense in the Big 12. That's also true. true. Like,
0: Like, (laughs) I will tell you that on that note, take the over here take the over i think there's a lot of oh, points yeah, scored in this game yeah like a lot of oh, points there's
1: going to be 150 points yeah, scored in this game a
0: lot of points <laughs> I, I i could see texas getting the win i am going to give them i'm going to give it to them in a field goal though. like you know it's going to be 63 okay. to 60 at the end of the night like you know <laughs> and, and
1: it's a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, just get get ready. Don't go to like when you go to the bathroom, be quick. Like if you're going to the refrigerator to get that's, a drink, be quick because there's gonna be scoring going on. You gotta be ready. You can't miss this thing. It's like a tennis match. It, um,
1: this you, this game is gonna end up sixty-three to sixty, and there's only gonna be thirty total tackles that's in exactly. the entire game.
0: And and if they keep throwing the ball in bounds, it may be the fastest game in the history of college football. Like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You.
0: I mean. <laughs> Game starts at seven
1: thirty. Could be over
0: at nine thirty. Like it's that'd just be amazing. That'd be amazing. All right, fish All man. Most commercial
1: breaks are going to be so long. Yes, it
0: is, Fisher. This has been uh, fantastic, like old times. Um, yeah, man. Too long since we've done it. Uh, we well, this is fun. We can get. Thomas on here when he's ready to come back. Three of us can shoot it around too. Um, fun times there. Looking forward right. uh, to hanging out a little bit more soon. Get you up to to out here to Lexington, baby. It's beautiful out here. Gets um, Get you to hang Let's out and the, and uh, good to talk to you, my friend. And we'll do it again soon. Everybody, check us out on social media at SAA Football Fan on Instagram and Twitter. We'll see you next time.